Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. This is a, a title given to a specific man of God, Ezekiel. He's a major prophet. So we have these big Old Testament books of prophets, and one of them is Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a priest. So he was from the Levite tribe, and more specifically from the, uh, the group that was responsible to worship God in the tabernacle. However, the whole people of Israel was brought into captivity. They were in exile. They were out of their land. They were foreigners now. And in this specific year, when Ezekiel was celebrating his 30th birthday, which was a very special date for him, because on that anniversary, he will become official in his role as a priest, in his birthday of 30th uh, years old. Now, he's frustrated. He's very disappointed. He is very discouraged because now he cannot fulfill his calling. He feels that outside of the tabernacle structure, outside of his land, he could not exercise his calling. And it's in this context of frustration, discouragement, the Lord appears to him. And that's my prayer for you today, is that as we share the word, the Lord appears to you and calls you to be the woman that stands in the breach. The man of God that builds up the walls of the edification of the Lord. So please just close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's ask for revelation. Father, we are stepping in holy grounds when we share your inerrant, infallible, perfect word. This is not a book. This is not only a doctrinal writings. This is the living word of God. that has the power to generate faith and stir up and awake those that are dormant in their calling. Father, I pray for priests that are dormant in their houses. People that need to be awake once again and learn how to raise their holy hands to bless their families. Father, let us understand our calling. And more than that, be empowered by your word today. Our hearts are open. Our minds are captive. We want to learn and receive your word. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said, Amen. Amen. So Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. So Ezekiel is this major prophet. He has like uh, uh, many chapters of prophecy and symbolic visions that point to the end times as well to the moment that he was living at the time. So we have these 48 chapters in Ezekiel bringing all these figures of speech and, and imagery that the Lord was showing to him. So the first thing I want to emphasize is this, I was sharing with our worship team that sometimes we limit ourselves that the Lord 
uh, to manifest his presence, we need a specific environment. So that was the case of prophet Ezekiel. He felt that without the proper rituals of the tabernacle, without the, the structures of the temple, he could not experience God's presence. But for his surprise, in the very foreigner land, in Babylon, the chariots of God appeared to him. He had an open vision and he could see God's glory there. And in this encounter with God's glory, God speak to him in, in chapter 22, verse 30. This is what the Lord said. I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall. Which wall? The wall of God's house. Should build up the wall of God's tabernacle. But how? How am I going to build that? And then he keeps saying, and he stand in the breach. Stands in the stronghold. In the fortress of intercession. Before me for the land. That I should not destroy it. But I found none. The Lord is speaking with Ezekiel. Look, I, I was looking on the earth for someone that will seek me. That will come after me. And will intercede for the land. Intercede for Israel. Intercede for the people that is in exile. However, I found none. Now, there was a time of hopelessness. And Ezekiel was surrounded only by bad news. The evidences around him was limitation after limitation. I don't speak the language of these people. They were Hebrews and they were in Babylon. And they thought, he thought, how I will exercise my ministry in a foreigner land. I am used to this type of service experience. When I used to go to the church, that how, ch that how church used to be. And now church is so different. Would I be able to experience God's presence? Look at me. And I know I'm speaking to some of you guys. That creates so many limitations for you to host the presence. To really bring the presence of God wherever you go. It can be because of the limitations with English. It can be because you feel ourselves out of the group. It can be because it's just not the church as you used to see. And I know also there are bad news. Bad news that discourage people to believe God is at work. They believe that God can still work with us and through us. So Ezekiel prophesies uh, in these 48 chapters. Almost 33 of them are images. Words of judgment. And among all, all those prophecies, in chapter 22, he is very specific. He points to some import, important principles for those that are meant to stand in the breach. For those who will be the intercessors. Those that will take all the excuses out and say, you know what? 
This is my family. This is not anybody else's family. Therefore, I will stand for my family. Look, this is my school. And I know there are drug users and drug dealers trying to destroy my friends. But this is where the Lord brought me. This is my school and I pray for my friends. This is the words of Ezekiel for those that understand this is our city. And whatever people speaks about or bad news about economy, look, this is my city. And I stand in the bridge for my land. The Lord is rising prophets and priests that will be in the breach of intercession and prayer. Let me hear a good amen in this house. Come on, somebody. So now, in chapter 22, when the Lord asks, is there anyone that are going to be owners, that will take ownership for the city, for that school, for that family? Is there anyone that will build up the house of the Lord wherever he or she is. Those words is God making an appeal for us. We overcomers. God is speaking to all of those that are meant to change the news. Not only be expectators. Not only those that look to the bad news and just feel sorry. No. God is speaking to those that believe that when we pray to the God Almighty... He answers the prayer of his beloved ones. Those that will build up the wall and he stand in the breach before him for the land. And he will not destroy. The land will not be destroyed. So let's see three principles here of those people that take the excuses out and really pray for the city. Number one, Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 17. And the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 17. Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are dross of silver. So the number one is that those that stand in the breach, those that pray, they are pure silver. They are pure silver and not a mixed, not an alloy of metals. What that even means, Pastor? Now, God is looking for people that understand the redemption work on the cross. Don't preach grace just for you to feel good about it. Don't bring the message of the gospel just for you to feel safe about your salvation. This is to make you able to be this kind of priest in your house. To be this voice of intercession inside of your workplace. And when you pray, you have the boldness to ask and believe that God answers those who trust His grace. Only those that receive pure grace are able to pray boldly. Only those that understood grace and grow in grace are able to believe great. The problem with the other messages, the problem with the mixed messages that try to complement grace with self-righteousness, with works of your own, 
if I just do that specific thing, Pastor, if I just sacrifice that little thing, if I just stop doing this and that, then I will be blessed. Then I will receive the favor. Then, no, no, no. We only need to believe the pure silver. And I say, what silver has to do with the grace? Look, in all the Bible, the metal silver is used for payment. Was used for exchange. There's one specific verse I want to show you guys. It's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 15. That says, what will you give me if I deliver him over to you? Do you guys know who is speaking there? It's Judas. Yeah, the betrayal Judas. So he's saying, what is the price for the Messiah? What is the price for Jesus? And the religious leader said, and the religious leader paid him 30 pieces of silver. So silver became this symbol, the price of our redemption. When God looks for pure silver in our lives, that indicates God wants you purely in the new covenant. No more mixes. Enough with the attempt to balance the message of grace with other messages. Other metal alloys. Because if we try to mix with silver something else, our own efforts, self-improvement, self-help, steps to have a perfect life, perfect marriage, on your own strength, this is only used to the furnace. What is dross? Dross is something regarded as worthless, rubbish, trash. And that speaks about our self-righteousness. We all know Isaiah uh, chapter 54, 64. But let me read 57. Isaiah 57. I will declare your righteousness and your deeds. But they will not profit you. Anyone that tries to get close to God. Relying on their religious performance. Trying to rely on their family religious background. My father was a priest. My father was a pastor. My mom used to go to the church. And you come relying on anything else. But your faith, your pure faith in the silver, in the redemption price paid on the cross. You are just a dross. You are rubbish. It's useless. Isaiah 64, all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. And we all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. So don't approach God trusting anything else but His love for you. Say amen, everybody. We should be just as Apostle Paul, looking to our efforts in anything that we believe is good in ourselves and consider as rubbish. I'm not going to approach God trusting my own performance. Philippians 3, Paul said, I indeed count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Christ alone, my Lord. It's pure silver. His 
paid price on the cross is enough. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ alone and be found in him alone. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. That comes from religiosity. That comes from the outside performance. But that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God. That depends on faith. That I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. And may share His sufferings. Becoming like Him in His death. And that's, that's how we are transformed. The more we know the grace, the more we know the new covenant message, more alike we become to Him, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So why? Why insist in mixing grace with something else? Why we, we tend to do that? Why we could not simply accept and believe? But only those that are pure silver can stand in the breach and pray with boldness. Number two, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 26 says, Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy in the common. Neither have they taught the difference. Say with me, the difference. Let me hear your voice say, the difference. There is a difference between the unclean and the clean. So the number two is those that is standing in the breach, those that pray with boldness, with intercession, knowing that God answers prayer. Are those that keep holy. That do not mix things as ordinary. They know how to see the difference of what is holy and what is not clean. Now, what is holy, Pastor? You are holy. Amen. You are not like everybody else. And I know maybe you want just to mingle around and just find your place in your school. Just, you know, fit in into your workplace. But I have to remind you, God set you apart. He made you different. And that's what the word holy means. It means you are not part of everybody else. You are in a different category. You have the brand of God on you. And how many brothers feel awkward because they are different. Because they are believers. Because they are Christians. They are, they are afraid to identify themselves as Christians. But I want to remind you that it's right to be right. And I, and I know that it sounds self-evident when I say this. But we live in a day and age where the normal... Is wrong and what is acceptable is what is sinful and immoral and now many believers feel embarrassed to stand as holy in the right side in other words 
you are on the right side when you believe in your marriage. When you say, I will not divorce. I will not give up. I will walk the second mile. I will forgive. Let me remind you, you are in the right side. Whatever the social media influencer you're watching, let me say, you are in the right side. Let me say something else. It is correct and good when you are faithful to your spouse. When you consecrate your eyes from pornography for the sake of love and faithfulness to your spouse. You do it right when you keep your body from immorality. You are young. Hormones are blowing your brain out. But you decided to be holy. You say, my body belongs to the Lord and for my coming spouse. Hallelujah. I, I'm already consecrating myself to my beloved one that is coming. You are right when you are faithful and generous toward your church. And I know your family, when they find out that you tithe, that you give money to their church, they are going to say, are you crazy? These people is there just to, just to slander and take all your money. But you're still doing right when you make a difference. You're doing something good when you care for people. When you keep your love even for your enemies. It seems obvious. But maybe others need to be reminded of those truths. 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people that belongs to God. You are exclusive His. So you can proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out that set you apart that made you holy out of darkness into his marvelous light now again we're not in the condemning team here the fact that we are different doesn't make us now in the position to point fingers to the mistakes of anyone however we don't need to listen to people that tells we are wrong you know what I'm saying? We don't need to condemn anybody around us. We don't need to point anything or condemn their sins. However, they should not do the same and you feel condemned. Are you guys following what I'm trying to say? Because now it seems the inverted process. Well, let me make sure you understood that we are not in the condemning team. Because the following verse in 1 Peter says, Once you are not a people, but now you are God's people. Once... You had not received mercy. Say I. Everybody say I. Received mercy. Nobody in this place achieved mercy. You never gained. You received mercy. So you were in the other side one day. You were just ordinary and mixed with everybody else. However, one day you received mercy. And now you were set apart. And because you are so conscious that you just receive mercy now you can be merciful because you receive grace you can be gracious are you guys with me come on somebody but now you have received mercy john 3 16 for god so loved the world 
that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the plan. When God set us apart, he wants to make us a light in the top of the mountain. He made us salt of the world. He made us the light of the world so people could see this love. For God did not send his son and you and I into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through him. Say amen, everybody. So again, don't, don't, don't get out of this service and say, I'm holy. Don't touch me. I'm holy. Who are you to? No, 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 no. Keep loving. But also do not accept condemnation. Also do not feel embarrassed for the fact you are holy. What we really need to do is simply do not make ourselves ordinary, common. Let's keep it holy. Finally, how can we stand in the breach? How can I boldly, how can I with courage and certainty, assurance, be the one that stands in the breach and builds the house of God wherever I go? I do not disregard the rest. Now what that principle speaks of. How you do not disregard the rest. The rest is the place, the mood, is the environment the children of God always walks, always lives. This is what the Bible says. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 26. They have not made, they have made no distinction between the holy and the common we already said that and they have disregarded my sabbaths so that i am profane among them the people of israel could not stand in the breach could not be intercessors because they were making themselves ordinary in one of the ways they were making themselves common, is that they left the position of rest, tranquility, calmness, certainty that God is still sovereign, that God is still almighty, that God can revert history at any time in His power. We serve Almighty God. And when we try to serve God as a limited God, as a Greek-style God temperament, full of changes of emotions, we get ourselves anxious and worried. And we try to complete this lower G God idea we have with our own effort. Trying to change our husband. Trying to bring our kids back. Trying to change the world. But we can't. And when you try with your own effort, you end up burning out. Discouraged. You know, you should prepare your teaching. You should call members of your life group. But you just don't do it anymore. You know, you should go to the leaders meeting. But you just don't want to go now. You know, you should spend extra time in prayer. Intercession for your family. But watching TV now is the higher priority. The fire is gone. That... Get up and go, got up and went. You have lost your motivation 
So you stand in the breach. But what happened here? You disregarded the Sabbath. You disregarded the rest of those that know that the Lord is still in control. That the Lord is still all-powerful, almighty. And the best of all, He's in our sight. He listens our prayer. He really is willing to answer our prayer. We all become discouraged here and there. But the burnout is a symptom of those that are trying to do work that only belongs to God. That's why we pray. That's why I'm inviting you to join in the prayerful team. Those that stand in the breach in the next 21 days. You understood that ultimately who has the power to do it, to transform, to bring restoration is God. So prayer is a sign of those that rests. Prayer is the one that understood that my hands, my intelligence, my academic background, it's not able to do what I need to my finances, to bring restoration in my marriage, to bring revival in my city. Therefore, therefore I pray for my city. Therefore, I, I come and knock the door before the righteous judge, knowing that he's willing to answer my prayer. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9. So then, there remains a Sabbath. A Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter the rest. Everybody say with me. I need to strive to enter the rest. That's a very interesting uh, paradoxical statement, right? Because you strive means you are active. You are seeking after. You're really pursuing and sometimes even striving. But he's striving to enter the rest. And that's where fasting comes to. Because fasting is that extra mile of prayer. Is that moving forward from asking to seeking, seeking to knocking before the Lord. It is you saying, God, I don't want to only pray. I want to pray intensely. I want to pray with all my heart, might, body, everything I have. I want to strive to enter the rest. So when I'm inviting you for the 21 days, I want you to understand that who prays and fasts, they are entering this Sabbath rest. They are really giving God all permission all yielding to operate, to intervene, to change the scene. But that's why we need to strive to enter the rest. How are we going to do it? Starting tomorrow, we have two prayer moments in the church building. Every day, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Every single day, a leader will be recruited, will be challenged to be with us here in the church building. Two leaders. Because we have 40 life groups right now. We're going to have always two leaders coming over here. So your life group will be signed up for intercession, interceding with us here in the church building. It might come up in the day of your life group. It's a great opportunity to bring the whole life group to pray with us. 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. One hour prayer. We're going to come. We're going to have a brief devotional time. Worship time. And then intercession. Bring me the points of prayer before I put in the QR code. So we're going to have all these prayer goals over here. One day, prayer goes. There we go. 
And we're going to, you probably got the little paper. How many of you guys got in the front of the church a paper? Everybody? If you didn't have it, Pastor Daniel, please. Uh, if you do not have, I want to give you right now if you did not receive, okay? So let him come back over here. Everybody has one? Let me see how many papers I have. Raise your paper. Let me see. There you go. Don't throw it away. You see there's blank spots there? Put your goals of prayer over there. We're going to pray for your personal goals during these 21 days. What you are doing? You are entering the rest. You say, God, I try with my intelligence. God, I try with my own money. God, I try with my network of connections. But it's still, this is, I, I can change. Like this, this is beyond what I can change. Father, I enter the rest. Therefore, I pray. Therefore, I knock. Therefore, I seek. Are you guys with me? Somebody, come on. So you're going to put your, please, don't put it anything over there. Put it something that you really want God intervening the next 21 days, okay? So the other prayer goals, you're going to come and join us, join us here in the building, and you're going to pray together. Plus, bring in the QR code. So we create this uh, close, this sign-up, this registration communication group. It's just for you to receive notification. This group... It's not for you to reply anything. You're only going to receive notification. So we're going to post in this group a daily devotional. One minute daily devotional. Also, we're going to give you an ebook. All the content we are providing in the group, you can go in our website and find the content as well. But I want you to have resources. I want you to be equipped. I want you to be the one who stands in the breach and builds up the wall. I want you to become this prayerful warrior. I want you to see signs and miracles. I want you to see and experience divine intervention in your life. I want you to have a story with God. Come on, somebody. But this is an invitation. It's a privilege. We can't force you to do that. You have to accept and enjoy. How many of you guys did not receive yet the paper? Uh, Pastor Daniel has some versions. Yeah, just raise your hand. You're going to receive if you need a paper, uh, someone is going to give it to you. So you scan this QR code. You're going to be directed to a group, a message group. And in this message group, you're going to receive all the content. Say amen, everybody. Let me close my message with this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 8. Matthew chapter 12, verse 8. Okay, so, uh, just something came to my mind before I jump here. Somebody asked me, Pastor, how do I fast? I never fasted before. I don't know how to do that. So all the instructions you need, you're going to receive also in this group. We're going to post to you there in the website and also we're going to give it to you. But there are various ways to fast. Uh, the one I recommend you to do during the 21 days is either one or another. Number one, you have one meal a day during 21 days. You pick the, the meal of your day and you have... The rest of your day, focus in the Word. And we're going to give you a lot of content to feed your heart. Okay? This is not just be hungry all day long. As hunger hits your stomach, you go to the Word. Because the Bible says that what feeds us indeed, the, the, the true bread of God is His Word. Say amen, everybody. I know you say amen, but you never experienced that. So you have to experience. You have to feel nourished. By the word, as hunger hits your stomach. And it really works. But I, I can tell you this, and you just wonder, does it work? No, no, you make it, and you see that it works. Second type is restriction fasting. You pretty much 
do not eat a type of uh, food, a specific type of food. Here in this house, we have the custom usually to not eat for 21 days uh, anything that is animal-based food. Anything that comes from animal for 21 days, we restrict ourselves. Some people call this kind of restriction uh, a fasting, the Daniel's fasting. I, it's not necessarily Daniel's, but it is a type of fasting that restricts yourself. Either one or another, you pick. Pastor, I can't do this. So go to our website and there are other options for you. Let's close the message. Matthew chapter 12, verse 8. It says, For the Son of Man is the Lord of Sabbath. That means is that Jesus' Lordship and manifestation is meant to be in synchrony with the rest. With the, the environment of tranquility. Some people say, Pastor, I don't perceive God's presence. It feels that my life is stuck. It's because you need to enter the rest. Set aside time to pray again. Set aside time to drink from the living waters. Decide to establish a spirit-filled lifestyle. That you pray during the day. Not in one specific moment. But during the whole day. Another thing that I want to encourage you, you need to discern your gifts. Find what are your gifts. And as you use your gifts again, you're going to feel the anointing. You're going to feel the, the flow of the Spirit in your life. I'm really wondering, and I know you're listening to me. Some leaders in this house are simply dormant. They decided to not lead for reasonable excuses understandable moment in life but the problem is that when you do not use your gift for long you don't get rest you get burnout you lose the momentum you lose the passion let me dare you in this 21 days there are gifts dormant there are talents being buried in your life would you please just tell your leader doing this 21 days the next three weeks I want to be using the group. And I am talented with the gift of teaching. Start to minister in your group. You are talented with the ministry of a prophetic word. Pray with people. Release words of knowledge. You have these gifts that helps people to uh, manage events. Help your leader to administrate better the events of the life group. Pastor, I have no idea what are my, group, what, what are my talents. You were supposed to go through Vine Experience. If you didn't go through Vine Experience, you're going to be a little hard or maturity course. But you have a gift. Use them again. And you're going to see the Lord kindle you up, warm you up back to the ministry. Let's always stand up. Please.